This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Athletic Greens, Greens, Athletic Greens, Athletic Greens. Who likes some AG? I AG just wrote one, jingle. AG one. You know, you've not. You know, I feel like it's someday. On someday, you're gonna share things with your boys, Oliver. That mm-hmm. we probably shouldn't talk about publicly. But okay. over the past two weeks, I have shared with my daughters my scoop. Of athletic greens. Wow. That's generous. That's gold. It is that's gold. Like giving away gold. It is yeah. giving away gold. I so basically between the two of them, I've given them one hundred fifty high quality vitamin, minerals, whole food source up superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help start their day right. And that's just being a good dad, right? That's great. No, you're looking out for your girls. So if I'm doing the math right, that's seventy five High quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens per scoop. Correct. Thank you. You're amazing. I was a math major. Uh, it, it's an amazing supplement that starts my day every day. No BS. No false advertising. They are uh, they are the reason I feel so good in the morning, and and that's the mm-hmm. truth. I, I will not start my day without Athletic Greens. Mm-hmm. Me too. And by the way, this is a great time to start. It is the new year. It is time to start fresh, even if it lasts three or four weeks, meaning we all sort of have this idea that life will change and then four weeks go in and <laughs> all of a sudden you're back to normal. Athletic Greens has stuck with me for years. It's the time to start. Wake up, put it in your shaker, pour a scoop in, down it, and you're done for the day. You don't have to mess with pills and lunch pills and after dinner pills and pre-dinner pills. Boom, you're done. And and here's the here's the beauty. It's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, all that, one scoop contains all those vitamins and minerals and contains less than 1 gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good and it does. I wouldn't eat this stuff every day or drink it every day if it didn't taste good. And they have over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by pro athletes, trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss, who we used to have a show uh, with. Uh, at least we had uh, both had shows on DirecTV, Michael Gervais. It's, these are people that know what they're looking at, and they are Athletic Greens supporters. Mm-hmm. Yum. 
Yummy, 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 yummy. And, and by the way, one more thing. It, it, it is, th- this company was created organically. You know, the founder had crazy gut health issues, and, and, and he was on all these complicated supplement routines. It cost him a ton of dough, and then he created an experience for himself to heal himself, and it turned into this business. So it, it's, it's real. It works. I take it every day. Joe takes it every day. And guess what? Now all yous are going to take it every day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash daddyissues, athleticgreens.com slash daddyissues. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance now. Now! Hello, Daddy Issues listeners. Uh, Margo here again. I'm the producer of the show. And if you listened last week, you know that the guys are on a little break for summer. Um, And instead of just not publishing anything, we thought we would play some archived episodes. Um, These are some of Joe and Oliver's favorites that they sent me and Josh. And each week, me and Josh are just kind of going through their list of favorites and seeing which ones we think we should put out. Um, And today, we have an episode for you called the 1-900-DADDY issues, which if you haven't heard this episode before... um, well, it started with, you know, one of Oliver's favorite topics, um, who believes in heaven and hell, and then somehow shifted over to Oliver saying that what I believed in was one nine hundred numbers because at the time that we recorded this episode about not quite a year ago, I was losing my voice and here I am, if you can't tell, kind of losing my voice again. So we thought what an appropriate time to replay this one nine hundred daddy issues episode where we definitely spend a good amount of time talking about nine hundred numbers um, among many many other things and um, so hopefully you'll enjoy it and we'll be back well I'll be back next week hopefully with a more normal sounding voice to just introduce um, the episode that we'll we'll play from the archives next week and so on until the guys come back in a couple weeks in the fall. Um, although I did suggest to the guys and Josh that me and Josh kind of take over for the next few weeks and play Joe and Oliver's favorite episodes, but listen to them together and comment on them and share like little tidbits and information from when we recorded them and things like that, like a rewatch podcast of daddy issues episodes until Joe and Oliver come back. I am super into it. Josh is not as much into it, Um, but if you guys are into it, maybe you should uh, find him on Instagram or find his socials and harass him a little bit. Send him messages and tell him that you think it's a good idea too, unless you don't. And then we'll just keep playing uninterrupted episodes of Daddy Issues from the Archives um, like we are going to do right now. I will stop talking and let you enjoy this episode called one 900 daddy issues and thank you guys so much for listening um enjoy 
Did you guys see those numbers? 227,000 downloads in the past 30 days. I sent that. I know it's annoying, but I'm super pumped about it. Got to keep it going. We still haven't seen one fucking dime. Not one. Not one dime. Literally not even, not one, not, forget a dime. We, not one penny. Not, not, even, not even one red cent. No, I saw that. Oh, you did? Yeah. I just didn't tell you about that. So who's who's sending you red cents? <laughs> red Arbacher. <laughs> Arbach. I don't know. I fucked that one up. As opposed to uh, Orville Redenbacher. <laughs> I miss Orville. He is in the great popcorn popper in the sky. He is. He's popping all around heaven. He's hanging with Bartles and James and Wilford Brimley. Yeah. You think Bartles and James are in heaven? I think the way they live their lives, carefree and buzzed on mm-hmm. like bad wine coolers. Yeah, wine coolers that are were such a hit at every college party. I don't see how they could have ever done anything that would send them to hell. Oh yeah. Well but we you don't, don't believe know. in heaven and hell, so No, I don't. Neither do you. Yes, I do. I, I believe in, in there's got to be more. We're, I'm not doing this. I'm not getting into this again. <laughs> I know. I know, but Joe, you don't believe in a heaven up here and a hell down here. I, Come on. I, okay. What, however it's defined, it, it's irrelevant. I don't believe that when you take <laughs> your last breath, you just evaporate and, and go into the, just sink Ether. into the ground. Yeah, okay. But do you believe all of a sudden Joe's like, ah, damn it, like, and you're in hell, and you're like, what the fuck? I don't think I'm going to hell. Well, you're not the judge. I, I don't, I think it's all way too much for understand for us to understand. We've talked about this a thousand times. No, People I are know, clicking I know. off uh, our podcast as we go no, down this not. path. We've got they're, new they're listeners. Fast forwarding it like 15 seconds at a clip. No. Yeah. We've got new listeners, Joe. Margo keeps sending us updates every 38 seconds. So I know. I mean, I can print something like that out. And send it to you. I can make us feel real good. I can I can say that we have two million <laughs> listeners per podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a screenshot of it and send it to you. You know my favorite thing that Margot did? She sent us one and it was growing. It's like we have two hundred and twenty seven thousand downloads, right? And like, oh cool. And then the next one she sent with like a big like celebration face or whatever emoji was two thousand less than the previous. It said two hundred two hundred and twenty five thousand. It was very concerning. <laughs> I, I guys, I know. I realized that. I sent. I I just get excited when I see the numbers, and I saw. Yeah, but there was a dip. You it sent us. Exciting. You sent us the dip with a really excited emoji. So we should be excited for the dip. Yes. <laughs> hey, we lost two thousand listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Confetti. Hey. Yeah. Uh, Josh. Do, do you He's, do you believe in a in a heaven and a hell? Do you believe there's a oh, heaven Jesus. and a hell? Oh god. my god, sweet god! I don't know, man. I don't know. Yes, you do, Josh. Do you believe in heaven and hell? I don't think so. Not really. No. Uh, okay. Thank I'm just you. With a bu- I'm just with a bunch of godless heathens on this podcast. No wonder we don't all hang out. <laughs> well, Margot believes in Margot believes in heaven and hell for sure. No. no way. No, I don't believe in heaven or hell. I don't believe in anything. 
I think we've talked about this. I think when you're done, you're done. This is it. That's, you know why, you're so, that's why you're so sad. That's why you're <laughs> right. sad. Yeah, I know what right, you're well, going to say, Oliver. I can write it down and, and, and put it in an envelope and I can mail it to you. And you no, can open it in Albuquerque or wherever you are. And it's going to say, you know what Margo believes in? Tongue rings. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, I was going to say Margo believes yeah. in 1-900 in numbers with her yes. sexy, sultry voice. That's right. I'm losing my voice and I have this microphone and I'm losing my voice. So now I have a side business. I'm going to start a 900 number. It's great. Thank you. Well, my yeah. friend John and I, when we were young, we were in high school or maybe even less or maybe... I don't know. I don't know how old we were, but we stole his dad's credit card and would call these like one nine hundred numbers. And it was a party person. Oh, there was a person, but it was a party line. So it was like five dudes on there, like yeah, baby, like you know, being all disgusting. And John would try to do a deep voice, like hey, like my name's Paul, and we'd just be listening. Oh God, I don't know, probably fourteen or something, or. We used to get these um, oh my these God. paper called the like LA Express X P R E S, and it was like all the nine hundred numbers back in the day, and you know we just found it humorous that these other dudes were on there being so disgusting and saying the weirdest things, and we were young, we didn't understand some of the terminology they were using, and so it was. Uh, it was educational. At some point in this, at some point in this podcast recording, yeah, I'm just gonna yell something out to scare the shit out of that bird behind Josh. He's got his he's got his headphones on though, doesn't he? Oh, I have the speakers shit. on when I'm not talking, so she can hear. But okay. um, how do you know it's a she? Jo- Wait, hold, on, hold on, hold on. DNA tested. Josh has something. No, to I was say. gonna say. I was gonna say. I'm confused about the 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 line, the, the hotline that you're talking about. How did you hear these other guys on it? Was it like a big well, party line? Yeah, it was a party line. I mean, you got to remember, I'm 45. I don't know how, you, how old you are, but I was, this was 30 plus years ago. And, you know, you, you put a credit card in and it's a certain amount a minute and you, and then all of a sudden you're connected and it's a bunch of guys being like, yeah, baby. And she's like, you like that, baby? And another guy's like, yeah. And, and there's like a thousand dudes. It's like a, it's like an audio orgy. That's you know? insane. And yeah. It was weird. Uh, I mean, it such was, simpler uh, times, such simpler times for real. And now you're putting like parental locks on your computer so that Bodie and Wilder aren't seeing like Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to go through a lot. We had to go through a lot to actually experience pornography back in the day, you know, to get... To get a little bit more serious, you know what I mean? Like nowadays it's at the fingertips for these kids and I have to put the locks on or at least say to my boys, like, look, you're going to see it. I can't prevent you from seeing porn. You just have to understand that this is all bullshit. It's like watching an action movie. Those explosions, you know, everyone's safe. No one really gets blown up. Same thing. They're, they're acting. They're performing. It's adult entertainment. Right. But back in the day, dude, you remember? I mean, we had to steal a credit card, get the 900 number, put it in, put on a deep voice. You know, I mean, the steps involved to there, there I, I can think of three ways as a kid in the 80s that I could come across it like a, a, a bare boob. Mm-hmm. One... Channel 9 in St. Louis was like public television. Mm. And they every once in a while, they would run the British performance of Caligula, 
which had <laughs> like a breast or two in there. So that was like, oh my god! It was like on is is on Channel Nine late at night. Mm-hmm. Now I, I just came across it. I don't even. It mm-hmm. wasn't like I was Looked even in the aware. TV guide, yeah, right. yeah. But you'd have to look in the TV guide to find that. Yeah, out. yeah. Two, you could pay people to go in instead of like paying people to buy beer for us as a group of kids. You could pay somebody of age, I guess eighteen. I don't know what yeah. the age is to go in and yeah. buy like. Hustler yeah, like, magazine, yes. Cherry magazine, or Wee magazine. <laughs> Remember those things? Of just, course, dude. Dog Club. shit. Yeah. Club. <laughs> Club magazine. <laughs> and then um, three, you could go on the TV and there were scrambled channels. Yeah. But you had to like, you know, put your head next to the TV and tinfoil out of your ear. And then every mm. once in a while... You it would kind of freeze on a picture of like yep. Shannon Tweed on yeah Cinemax Shannon Tweed <laughs> the future Mrs. Uh, oh Gene Simmons yeah uh, but there'd be like a freeze frame like oh my god I think I saw something yeah and that's some, like, about distorted, it distorted distorted boob would go like wah like melt into it was gone right now right. you can type like three letters into a computer your kid oh, can God. anywhere yeah. that frightens the hell out of me my i i don't know why with my girls i don't feel like that was ever something that i would worry about but with these boys now and what's going to be around in the next 10 years when they're yeah. caring about that kind of stuff i I mean, it, oh God! Oh yeah! I mean, your boys will will probably virtually lose their virginity before they actually do. <laughs> right. It's way safer when we're yeah. going through COVID thirty. Totally. Uh, yeah, and it'll be. They're like, gonna have a whole setup where you know it has just accepted, and you're gonna have to meet the virtual girl and play along with it. And, right. You know, it's gonna Hello. be a whole thing. Hello, Mister Buck. <laughs> I would like to date your son, Wyatt, right. for the evening. <laughs> You're like, oh, Jesus. Oh, so Shannon, Shannon Tweed Shannon Tweed played my mother in my first television show that I ever did called My it? Guide to Becoming a Rock Star. She and played my mom. She played Goldie Hawn. No, she played my mom in the show. What? No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Starring yeah, and, Shannon Tweed in the role of a lifetime as Goldie Hawn in yeah, How to Become no, a Rockstar. And, then, <laughs> and then my my rap gift from her was a signed Playboy of her on the cover. How old were you? Twenty four. Oh, okay. So it was it was age appropriate. Yeah, yeah. I only started. I started acting at twenty one. You know, I didn't start young. Yeah. Well, my dad was Michael DeBars. Remember him? No. No? Okay, forget it. Josh, cut that out. What was he in? (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, He was like a rocker (laughs) back in the day. (laughs) I think we should, after everything we talk about, go, Josh, cut that out. (laughs) Cut that out or I'm never doing this again. Uh, Fuck. Um, Ready? On another Ah! note, dude, Ah! I got... I just wanted to see if that would scare his bird. (laughs) It did a little bit. <laughs> Look, she's a little freaked out. Look at her. Oh yeah. Is that the most movement that birds had in the last like <laughs> month? 
<laughs> she, she doesn't. She is a bit of a perch potato, as they call them. Oh, is that what you guys get on your chat rooms? There, look, <laughs> yeah, she's coming yeah. over to check me out. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> do you uh, actually go on chat rooms and stuff like parrot chat rooms no but i am in several groups on facebook and reddit <laughs> it's a bunch of guys sitting around going oh yeah uh. it's, it's a parrot party line <laughs> it's what a do party you talk about what do you talk about just I, I don't know people ask advice they they share things that happen with their like funny videos and stuff there's all it's great like are you okay. not scared of that thing is it there's no. no part of you that thinks that it could at, at any point jump on your back and start digging at your <laughs> neck no no she's the, the, she is a, a lovely a lovely bird she wouldn't really do we should we should create a horror movie like Cujo, but with a parrot that just like loses it i'd be more scared of the parrot i they can fly first of all that's a problem can parrots fly parrots can fly yeah yeah of course she can fly she can fly she just can't land <laughs> that's the problem oh what the fuck is wrong with her she was a little stunted in her growth. I would think that would be innate, like how to land. There shouldn't need to be instructions <laughs> on that. <laughs> That's what I thought. All right, Josh, cut all that parrot stuff out. Um, all right. Why? So, I think it's fascinating. <laughs> hey, guys, I have a question. Um, yeah, should uh, Polly, my Polly doesn't want a cracker. What, what, should, <laughs> what should I ask my parrot then? <laughs> yeah, Josh is like, well, it's lost cause. <laughs> Polly doesn't want a cracker. When, you've when, got to put him down. Have you ever put a parrot down? No, I, I hope I. I mean, that would be awful. And are they hard to flush? Are they hard to flush down a toilet? Oh my god! <laughs> you can't flush that one down a toilet. Hey, I, you'll put it in like a box, like a shoebox, and probably bury it, right? I, I actually I don't know yet. Some people get them uh, cremated and have their remains mm-hmm. in a you know like in a jar or something. A jar, try a thimble, like a thimble. I mean, with a, the remains of a bird. It's like can't. <laughs> it could be a very small jar, <laughs> not a jar. <laughs> like a what do they call those when you put the uh, their mason uh, jar? Shot no, glass, an urn. But, yeah, there, there you go, a shot glass, an urn. Yeah, thank you. That's what I was looking for, like a little tiny urn. You know, what you should do is just wear your wear its ashes around your neck. Some people and do like, that. That is a thing. Yeah. Yeah, those people should be investigated. <laughs> hey, what a cool new necklace! Thanks, it's Polly. <laughs> Polly ate too many crackers. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break with more daddy issues. Um, so I got. <clears throat> I got sick. I've been sick for the last like three days, four days, COVID? which I haven't experienced in forever. No, because I get tested every single day and I hadn't come to my house and I actually had to miss a day of work. Where are you right been, now? I'm in Albuquerque. I was supposed to go home and see the kids and, and uh, I had to stay here through the weekend just to try to get better. <clears throat> I got to go to work at four today. Oh, how long are you? Um, how long are you in on this? I mean, it feels like they shot the Revenant in less time than you're shooting this <laughs> show. I'm almost done. I got two weeks. Two weeks and you're done. Yep, that's it. And, and actually, the, do they have the ability to call weeks. you back and say, "Hey, we need this one scene"? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, 
there's contractual stuff. I mean, there's a certain amount of time, you know? I mean, if I've got other plans uh, that are hard to break or I can't break, then they'd have to work around it somehow. Yeah, they but call that, that, a, they that, call that a workaround. Yeah, we'll do a workaround. They do a, we'll work do a workaround. workaround. But so, that won't happen. When you were in the Revenant, was that, yeah. did that bear suit get hot at any point? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it did. It did. I should have been nominated for that. <laughs> that was a great movie. I should watch that movie again, actually. The, I only music, saw it one time. the music is so perfect and haunting. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, uh, it's so like uh, melancholy and yeah. everything is just so vast. You know what? I've been just, because I've been in sick mode. So I've been in fucking TV binge insanity. Like, I'm, I think I'm losing my mind. This is how much I've been watching TV. But I, I, I watched Yellowstone. Have you seen Yellowstone? Yes. I'm up to episode three, season three. Okay. You're I around was, where I am. I was eh when I first started it. I was prodded by my wife and my girls and my sister. To continue on, I got into it hot and heavy in the second season, and now I'm having a really tough time getting back into season three. Really? Yeah, season two is good, really good. Season three, it's slower. Yeah, a little slower. Um, but I'm in, dude. I, I just hey son, hey grandson. Hey. <laughs> I love how he says grandson. Yeah. That's not the way it goes out here, grandson. I just want to like live that life. Oh, that's you. You're you, you fancy yourself Casey. Yeah, I wish I was Casey. He's way more like badass than I am. And my wife's in love with your real wife's real ex-boyfriend. Well, it wasn't an ex-boyfriend. They had like a moment on a beach where his like hand wandered into like her nether region. Oh, you didn't have to go there. I, nor did he, but you didn't have to, (laughs) (laughs) you're talking about, uh, the great rip. I I'm like, babe, he's that he's great. He's fucking he's great. great. Cole. He's unbelievable. Cole, yeah. Cole Hauser. Yeah, he's, he's really and good. Then yeah. We were watching, uh, school ties the other night, which my wife had never seen. Mm hmm. Starring Brendan Fraser. Yeah. And he's in it when they cheat on the test. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, Michelle, who do you think that is? And he's he's like the little shit disturber in the class. Yeah. In the French class or, or a history class, I think. And she's like, I don't know. I said, it's your boy Rip. And yeah. She's like, no, it's not. I said, yeah, it is. Yeah, he, he's no, changed it's not. a lot. Oh, he's a redhead. I said, yeah. That's called, hey, I dye my beard. I dye my hair. That shit is dyed and dyed beyond dyed. yeah. For sure. Big time. We should get Cole Hauser on here. I've been around Cole a little bit at a member guest. Would that be too tough for you? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's boys with McConaughey. He was... he was at the member guest when I was there with you. Yeah, but we were not we were not partners then. You were with Travis that, that year. That was the first year. Yeah, that's when I really that's really got to know you, and I, I had I had guest envy. 
I, I had Travis guest envy because we spent a lot of time <laughs> together, and I was like, oh, I we wish did. Oliver. I wish Oliver was my guest, right? <laughs> but you were Travis Chamberlain's guest, and I was like, uh, you know, I was with my friend Harry, who I can play with. Any, I could go play with him right now, and that wasn't that exciting. So I, I came in kind of ready for this today. Most of the time, I don't. Prep. I don't really know what. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to talk about most of the time. Yeah, that's the beauty of us. Right. That's why we're sure. so special. Um, but uh, so I talked to my therapist today. Oh. Which made me very introspective. And I got a video sent to me last Sunday by my sister. And somebody sent her the video that had shot footage of our family as they were our guests. So these people lived next door to us when I was, we, I was, shit, I don't know, 13, and my sister would have been 10, and they came down to spring training. They rolled a video camera on the entire day, and I haven't seen or thought of my life as a 13-year-old since wow. I was 13. So it was from beginning of day to end of day, and it was how every day of my life was spent. Right. Get up in the morning. Go to Al Lang Stadium, watch a spring training baseball game, trail around after my dad, watch my dad interview people. I started, I started noticing different idiosyncrasies and mannerisms that he had, stuff that I was aware of but not aware of. Watching him do the game, watching him, this is all on the video. But the interesting part happens at the end because at the end, the video then goes inside our rented condo in St. Petersburg. And now I am transported to the 13-year-old Joe, the wow. 10-year-old Julie Buck. And my dad is 59 then. I'm 52 now. My yeah. mom is 40-something. She looks amazing. She's diving around trying to not get videoed because she doesn't think she looks good, but she looks great. And then my dad puts on this like show for the vi the kid holding the video camera and it was like I was brought back to my 13-year-old wow. self and it was interesting in that the reason why I bring any of this up is I have a lot of the same issues that you have mm -hmm. and I never thought I did I always thought I, I think you at least I look back on my childhood in a way that makes it feel like it was idyllic mm -hmm. and there it really was not that ideal. It was great on many levels. Mm -hmm. But my dad was an older dad. My dad yeah. was a divorced guy who met my mom not, and was not divorced at the time. My mom gets pregnant with me. I come into the world. This is all in my book, so I'm not revealing anything there. But though every day was built on making my dad the most comfortable he could be. And at one point, he starts joking to the camera like, the woman who's down there says, well, Jack, you know, how do you start your day? He goes, well, I wake up, I jog five miles, I come back, I lay Carol's clothes out, I lay out her makeup, I cook breakfast for the kids, I lay the kids' clothes out, I make sure they're up and ready to go and take them to school every day. And I'm thinking, shit, but he's, he's making it a joke. I'm like, yeah. that is exactly how I live. I don't yeah. really get up and run five miles, but this was so far 
away yeah. from his like reality where it was right. like it, it was like my dad got up when he got up he read the paper front to back he smoked his cigarettes and drank his coffee took a nap got dressed went down to the ballpark at two o'clock for a seven o'clock game came back the house was dead quiet he couldn't make noise it was just I, seeing my dad as a, as a contemporary at that age almost it was mind-blowing and it, it makes me realize you know that while I get compared to my dad who was in many ways as close to anybody as anybody has ever been with me I, there was a lot there that was like ah, I don't know it, it wasn't how I it, it was very revealing let's put yeah it well did you see did you talk to your therapist after you saw this video obviously I sent her the video <clears throat> oh really yeah and she watched uh, the back end of it. And, and I, I did it because I wanted to make sure that I was seeing it correctly. And I, I, and I showed it to Michelle. And she's like, you know what that video proves to me? You are exactly like your dad and you are nothing like your dad. Right. You're exactly like your dad in what you do. You're nothing like your dad in that your day starts making sure the kids are okay. And and his day started with making sure he was okay, and then my mom kind of handled everything else. You're everything that he was being sarcastic about. Yeah, like almost to a T. You're actually that person. <laughs> right, and, and you're yeah. the same way. because, and, and so that's why I bring any of this up, and I'm sorry that I rambled, but when I, I was thinking of you as I was talking to my therapist, I was saying, you know, you tried to break the chain of your dad's dad walking out, your dad walking out. Now you're consumed with making sure you break that chain and you're there and present for your kids. And sometimes that costs you opportunities at work even mm -hmm. because you want to be there. Mm -hmm. I was not aware of what I lug around, which is I make sure these kids are as perfect as I can make them. And even if I did three games that week or four games that week, I, I get up with them. I make sure their breakfast is done. I'm engaged mm -hmm. with them. And I, I feel guilty when I leave them. Yeah. And, and it's, it's almost debilitating where I don't, I don't ever stay in the present. If I'm out like doing something for me, I'm thinking about how bad I am. Cause I'm not there with them. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I hate that. And, and, and I think a lot of it is because I grew up on the other end of that, like, hey, you know, remember me? Or I got to be quiet. Did you have that with? Would you have that with your girls too? Totally. Yeah, you did. I did. I mean, this is yeah. how I am. This is what well, I became as an adult. So basically, you are doing. You're sort of doing what I was doing, but unconsciously. Meaning, like, only yeah. now you're having this revelation that wow, maybe I'm doing. I was this is the reason I am this way completely by seeing wow. this video and watching my dad basically laugh at what I try to do every day. Yeah. I was like, I, I watched, I was like, Hmm, well, you could be that way. It might not be that yeah. bad for the kids. If you, you know, got it was a different era though, too. What wasn't wasn't that like the Mad Men era? Isn't that like when that was all going down? Well, that's when he became a father for the first time. In the so this was past, Mad Men was the sixties or yeah. So I was born in sixty nine. So by okay, but he he was a father of six prior to me 
showing right. up unexpectedly. Right. But it was still his world. You know, it was my mom yeah. making sure that everything, you know, she was an actress. She was on Broadway. She was talented and is talented and mm-hmm. chucked all that to be Jack Buck's wife and make mm-hmm. sure everything was set so that he, as an older dad, could go be the best in public that he could be. But when he came back, like I, I had a best friend in high school, Preston Clark, who came to, with us to spring training. And that's when Walkmen were coming out. And he's walking around our place screaming out the words to Roxanne, listening to his Walkman. I'm like, dude, shh, quiet. My dad's resting. Or my, yeah. And he didn't even get it. I'm like, yeah. I, you can be loud in your crazy household, but here, yeah. if my dad's laying on that couch, it's like we're not here. And and it just I don't know. I it's it's many pieces of a longer therapy session, but the bottom line is I realize that I'm wired differently probably because of what I saw as you are wired differently as a dad mm-hmm. because of what you experienced. I'm I'm mm-hmm. the same way, just a little different offshoot of it. Yeah. That's crazy. If you're enjoying this episode of Daddy Issues, don't keep it to yourself. Please share the love and tell a friend about Daddy Issues and go subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We beg That's you. right. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss what's coming up right after the break. Would your dad get upset if you, you like woke him up on the couch being loud? He would just kind of... He'd look out of the corner of his eye. Like the only time he never yelled at me. I mean, you know, he disciplined me if I was bad with my sister when they went out to dinner or something. But as far as around him, I really watched my ass. And it, I didn't, I wasn't a little, you know, jerky kid. I, I had mm-hmm. to sit there and be quiet if I wanted to watch him do what we're doing now, do an interview. I had to sit over in the corner and be quiet. And and so he all he would do would just kind of open his eyes, glare at me, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And mm-hmm. then I shut up. It wasn't like I was. Te- I'd never tested his his boundaries were set. I wasn't like the kid poking at him, like, "Come on, Dad, what are you what are you sleeping? What are you sleep? You know, knocking him around or whatever." I just I didn't do that. So yeah. and it was the same look <laughs> I would get when we were in the booth together and I'm doing a game at 21 years old and I'm like if I got on the umpire like, "Oh, and that pitch, where was that? That looked like a strike." And he'd look at me out of the corner of his eye like, <laughs> "Reel it back in there, buck." And yeah. and then I would. And then I'd reel it back in. So it just it was very revealing. I almost want to send you it just just to watch the last eight minutes of my dad. Like, and he was so funny. I mean, he was the light, but everybody's eyes were always on him when we were in any group setting. Like, I'm sure in your life as a kid, everybody's eyes in the room were on your mom. And and I'm sure that drove your dad crazy too. Your dad was a talented, you know, successful performer. And yet, oh, shit it's goldie hahn walking in the room and there's you there's kate there's your dad that everybody's like everybody's Mm -hmm. looking at your mom that's hard that's hard to live in the shadow of i think oh god that was i think that was a huge issue with them you know what i mean i think that was big mom was a movie star you know and it was not an easy 
pill to swallow. It was not an easy thing to feel. You know? What about you as a kid? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I had an issue with it. I mean, just because there were so many people wanting a piece of her when I needed her the most, I guess. Um, and it, it always bugged me, you know, fans or when the people would come up to her, uh, when we were eating dinner and shit, it would make me crazy. I just remember this like feeling of anger, you know what I mean? Almost unwarranted. I mean, not unwarranted, but just irrational at times, even people who are nice, you know, but just coming up at dinner or wanting this or wanting that. And I'm just been like, fuck. I remember as a young kid, just feeling just this anger, you know? It was not. It was not a happy thing. How are you a, now, as an adult who's recognizable? Yeah, if somebody totally comes different. up to. Are you appreciative, or does it bother you if you're out at dinner with Aaron and the kids, and somebody goes, no. "Oh my god, I love you." No, I love it, and I love when people talk about my mom too. I mean, I get a lot of people who say, "Like, oh my god, I love your mom," and she's this and she's that, and you know, I've I have a lot of pride in that now. I do you know? too, but there's another I do too for your mom. And I don't mind yeah. people coming up to me ever. You know, I've I, I only had a either. few instances where I've gotten upset. You know, one was at a golf tournament and it was at like one of the benefit parts of it or that at night when you're having the dinner and the concert or whatever, you know. And this dude was just drunk, just drunk. And he's like, hey, man, like, da, da, da. I had to love this. And I was like, hey, thanks, brother. No, no, no. And then he was like, just kept on me and on me. And finally, I'm like, hey, bud, look, I'm going to go. Like, I can't, I, I, I got it. I, I got to go. And he grabbed my arm and I fucking went nuts. I lost it. I just got, I grabbed him by his like shirt and got right up in his face, like, like Kurt. You know, I, I become Kurt. When I get angry, I, like, I feel like I become him, you know? And I just got right into his grill. And I'm like, don't you ever fucking touch me. And I just went off on him. So that, that, that was happens, like one of the only times. That happens to me in bars. And people yeah, you're, be drunk. You're, yeah. They'll be drunk yeah. and they come up. They're like, hey, how about, you know, tell me about the Cowboys. Like, oh, my God. I, yeah. Do you know how much I don't want to talk about this right now? Or I'm with, <laughs> I'm with Michelle and another couple, or I'm with my kids, and the guy just won't. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, they're playing great. You know, yeah, yeah, they, you know, they got a big one this weekend. It's like that's the cue to, hey, yeah. let's, we're done. We're, I, yeah. I got it. I acknowledge you. Yeah, we're done. And then it's, yeah. then it comes back around. Hey, so we, tell me about what it was like with. I'm like, ah. And I'll I'll answer two or three, and then yeah. it's just like, hey, that's it. That's yeah. all I got. Yeah. You're gonna have to go. I, and, and I'm so bad. I, yeah. If I grabbed him, I'd be feel like I'd be sued. But I I just want to go. Hey, just get the fuck out of my face. Just mm -hmm. I, I I don't owe you this right now. I, yeah. I, well, I think sometimes people don't understand the boundaries. It's like they see you on TV and they hear your voice. And so they know you, they think they know you. And, and there's this sort of unconscious thing that allows them in their own, own minds to come up to you because like, Oh, he's a household guy. Like I know him, like I can talk to him, you know? Right. Yeah. That's sort of, I think what happens. Well, that it happened the last time I can think of some guy, came up to me and he was doing that very thing. And he's, he's like, who would say, let me take a picture with you. I just told my friend that I was, you were here at this bar and I'm with Michelle and this other couple. I'm like, I, I really don't want to take a picture inside the bar. And the guy's 
you know, this is in the height of COVID too. I'm like, I, I just don't even want to be, don't breathe on me. Like, I don't know what you got. And he's like, oh, I just told my friend you were here. And, and he shows me his phone and I can see his friends like, you fucking hate that guy. That, that, mm-hmm. was, the, that, was, the, that was the text above oh my God. him telling me. I'm like, I said, I saw what you said to your friend. I said, we're good. Mm. And he goes, no, man, no, I, let's take a picture. I said, we're good. I'm, yeah. I'm not taking a picture. I just told you we're not taking a picture. Yeah. Oh, come on, man. What are you, some kind of asshole? I'm like, man. I'm the asshole? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. I'm the asshole. Fine. I'll be the <laughs> asshole, but we're not taking a picture and just shut up. Yeah. And, and I, you know, to, on some level, I'm sure people are like, oh, poor babies. But, but there, there has to be some sort of personal space that, of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm not there as a fucking pinata. Like, yeah, I know what you're saying with the poor baby thing, meaning like, oh, you make millions of dollars and you're famous, like, deal with it. Which, you know, I get that, right? We put ourselves out there, you especially, and, you know, you're in a very sort of volatile job where people are rabid fans of their teams and they're irrational. And it's like, oh, we'll just deal with it. You know, yeah, you know the price that you have to pay, but it doesn't mean that it's a fucking free for all. Well, everyone's courtesy like goes out of the window. Right. Uh, You know, exactly. Exactly. So, but at the same time, you wouldn't trade it. You know, you wouldn't trade it. No. So, yeah. No, I accept it, but there are just times. and, And I feel like, you know, I was the same way. My dad would, so my dad would, People come up to us at dinner and be like, where are you from? Sit down. Oh, Paducah. I knew a guy named Ken Clark there. You know Ken Clark? (laughs) Like, oh, Jesus Christ. You've been gone for two weeks. Can we just, like, get one dinner with you? Yeah. And, you know, why we had to come to this Italian restaurant, I'm not so sure. We we have a kitchen, but, uh, okay, we're here, and now I love Your dad probably loved it. He loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of absurd, but it, it's yeah. it's funny to me, and I was thinking about this again today, like the detail with which my sister can remember all that stuff and how she mm. felt and her worries about our mom and dad and whatever. I it's like either I need an MRI or mm-hmm. I've repressed or blocked out some of these things because she will mm-hmm. remind me of details and I'm I'm just wondering about like do you remember these crazy details about interactions and times mm-hmm. when you were eight, uh, nine, ten, a, eleven years old? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. And um I've of course thought about it, but I I remember the sort of the traumatic stuff. You know what I mean? That's the stuff that sort of sticks in my brain. Um, there's the traumatic, and then there's also like the sensational. It's it's the big moments that I remember, both good and bad. You know, I remember feeling lonely. I remember being in the dark. But I also remember, you know, being on my dad's boat and and you know being at Catalina and halibut fishing. I remember, you know, at nine years old, sort of walking down a ravine with Kurt with a twenty two rifle and. And feeling that fear and exhilaration, you know. So I remember all the the the, the big impactful things. The the yeah. mundane, I I do not. I, I have no recollection of the mundane. You know, 
I talk about this with Michelle all the time because she's three years older than her brother. And with regard to her parents' divorce, she felt like the protector of her little brother. Mm-hmm. And so she took on a lot of that stuff and, and I think has repressed a lot of the mm-hmm. really tough times and memories. And her brother remembers everything, but he remembers mm-hmm. the good and she remembers really only the bad when mm-hmm. her parent, because she was trying to protect Andy and keep him covered. Mm-hmm. And you're older than Kate. Like, did you feel that you were protecting her were you or were you not even in that role at all no not at all i think that i was too far gone myself i was in self-protection mode unconsciously that i i didn't even have i I was worrying too much about my own preservation i couldn't give anything to her you know and i think that's why the beginning of our relationship was no good she needed love for me. She wanted love for me. I was the only thing constant, really. You know what I mean? And uh, I just wasn't there. I wasn't. I didn't have the capacity. I couldn't do it. So I was just all about me, really. You know? So I did not protect her. No way. Not yeah. even close. <laughs> you know, and then, and then as we got older, she's, she's tough, man. Kate, Kate can handle herself. She's definitely fragile in, in spots. There's no doubt about that. And I'm there for her always. And I've been there with her and for her for some really, you know, gnarly moments. And I've been, I've been her big brother. But on the day-to-day, you know, it's like dudes and dating. I was never protective. And, you know, she was always so tough and strong. Like she could do it on her own, you know? Yeah. At least no, that's I, what I, at least that's what I perceived yeah, yeah, she puts on she puts up that front for sure. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break with more daddy issues. You know what I realized something too um a while back. Maybe it was during Hoffman. No, maybe it was after. I don't know. But you know, you go through your life or I go through my life having a dad who wasn't there for the most part. There was great years though, up until I was about 12 years old. Um, and then everything else was sort of what I didn't get. Not what he, not him being mean, not him yelling and screaming and, and being abusive in any way. It was just his absence. And then the things that I heard, you know, from mom and also maybe that was on the news or on Inside Edition or whatever. But when I really think back, on the memories of my father, it's hard, I'm hard-pressed to find one that's bad because every time I was with him was fucking awesome. And he was extremely attentive. He would not have us and then just retreat to his office or something. I would play football with him on the beach. We would you know, go fishing. It was active. He was truly in my life. And I remember him, my memories of him is all positive, really fun, loving things. Going to Palm Palm Springs at the time and playing golf and riding on golf carts and you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was was really an interesting revelation for me because it was always this, oh, it's bad, 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 abandoned, abandoned, never there. But then it's like, okay, well, let me think about my memories. And there's not one that's fucking bad. 
Except you know, I mean, that he was gone at one point. Well, that's what then, I'm saying. Yeah, but that's what I, that's what I mean. But when it he was, was there, absence. he was there. Yeah, dude. When yeah. we were there with him, he, he was he was he was bang on. You know, we were we were doing all kinds of activities and things and Disneyland and having fun, swimming in the pool. His pool. I, I have vivid memories of his pool. And, you know, so it was it was powerful. There were powerfully positive memories of my dad. Not a lot of negative memories, just the absence, you know? Man, maybe you had a better childhood than I did, <clears throat> now that I think about it. Uh, no, I, maybe. No. <laughs> I don't know. They're, My they're, childhood They're incomparable. Good, you can't compare. Yeah. It's just, it is what it is. It was what it was. And I, and I think it, it, it presents you then to the world as this collection of experiences, both positive and negative, that come out when you become an adult yourself. And it's like, well, how are you going to do it? Are you going to... And and I think that was hard on my first wife, you know, because I got into my first marriage thinking, okay, I'm, I'm in this to be adored. I'm in this to be for the king treatment because I'm bringing home the bacon, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And that's what I saw as a kid. And now we're going to have kids. And so, wait, I'm going to have to, we're, I'm changing diapers. Uh, this is 50 50 here. This is, and I'm thankful that it was that way. I, I, as I look back, I wouldn't have wanted it to be any other way with regard to how I interacted with my kids. But I think I went in, think, my own experience was it was all my mom and her mom. And my dad was there for the moments, but not down and dirty. You know, like mm-hmm. he, we weren't fishing. We didn't go shooting. We didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't, you know, he didn't teach me how to swim. He didn't, mm-hmm. if I played catch, I was deathly afraid of overthrowing him. So he had to go fucking chase the ball down on the beach. <laughs> and there are just so many things that I'm like, I, you know, I think I, he, we were really close, but I was also a little nervous to make a mistake around him not because i was going to get hit but because i was going to disappoint or he would just wouldn't want me around anymore so i Mm -hmm. i just was i tried to be as perfect as i could be that's so interesting it's almost like you had such little time with him that you wanted to make sure it was not interrupted by anything negative by throwing a ball over his head even though he wasn't even though he might not have been mad or he doesn't hasn't given you examples of being a, a, a mad when you do something wrong, but it's almost like I have so little time with this man that I want to make everything good. I want to <laughs> make want it all perfect. Good. I mean, and yeah. he was, he had me at 40, he was 45. So by the time I'm 10, he's 55. By the time I'm 15, he's 60. It's almost like my boys. So, but, mm-hmm. but it was, and he was traveling two weeks at a time and there was no internet and there was no FaceTime and there was no, the only time he called was from the broadcast booth because it was a free phone line. And Mm -hmm. if I was home, I was home and I talked to him. And if I wasn't and I was out playing or whatever I was doing, I didn't talk to him. So Mm -hmm. it's like, am I going to waste the time that he's here by something as simple as throwing the ball over his head and ruining those three minutes because I've got him for 15? Or am I going (laughs) to, am I going to be, you know, the kid that got, caught being out too late or busted with alcohol and now I'm grounded and I don't get to go down to the park with my dad, go down to the baseball game with my dad. I, I'm not going to ruin that. It's too, it yeah. was too precious. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. 
That's crazy. And it's also, for me, it's also, it's just recognizing the good things because we talked about earlier with your revelation in therapy in this video of how, you know, you might have unconsciously been being exactly what your father's not on purpose, unconsciously on purpose, <laughs> you know, being boom. And I was that way too. But at the same time, now I got to think about it because there's also so many great things about that man. You know, there are things that I would want to emulate as well. And that's when he was with us because he was extremely attentive. I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm selfish and don't do enough with my kids and don't take them out and play with them enough because I can just want to sit in my room or just be selfish and I'm going to do what I want to do. You know, so there are things to actually look at and take to emulate and not just rail against all the time. And that's the one great thing about my mom, not one fucking many, but she's just so evolved and was evolved and is evolved and just an incredible human being. And she pulled me aside when I was 16 years old and, and, um, actually she wrote me a letter and I just read it recently. She, she talked to me and then wrote me a letter and, uh, she's like, basically saying your dad is all of these things and we've we've seen that he is who he is and it's always seems to be negative but i want to write you a letter and talk to you about all of the amazing things that your dad is and why i fell in love with him and how much of part of you are of him and and all the incredible things you know she made me aware of that and made me understand that it wasn't all bad you know, yeah, which I think is important in, in oh. divorce. You know, it's, impo Absolutely. it's an important thing. Yeah, I, I think most of the time is typically spent tearing down the parent that's not there. Yeah. Uh, hey, Juggernaut with Josh. Juggernaut with Josh. All right, what's up? Josh, when was the last time you made love? Uh, same answer as last time. Yeah, which is it's been a been a minute. <laughs> All right, that's juggernaut. juggernaut. I thought my juggernaut with Josh was. <laughs> do you believe in heaven or hell? <laughs> We're just gonna ask the same question every time. Juggernaut with Josh. I think you need this. This should put an impetus behind your nighttime activity <laughs> to make sure that your answer can be different next time we convene on this Zoom call. We need Margot to find a boyfriend. I, I, I re-listened to that. I haven't yeah. been dating with anybody in four years, and and now we got Josh who's having medication issues. And uh, between the between the two of you guys, like our entire production team is celibate, pretty much. Hey, I am not. I never said I was celibate. I said I'm not going on actual dates. Thank you very much. Oh, oh Tinder. my God! You, you talk about. You talk about Pandora's box with Oliver on this Zoom call, and you just throw that out there? Margo, you're smarter than that. I won't dig. I won't dig. So wait, Josh, how do you know that you're having ejaculatory issues? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> um, I, I got to go raise my kids now. <laughs> I don't care about Josh's ejaculatory issues. <laughs> I care more about his bird than his bird. <laughs> i'm just saying you know it's just you can't get there is this what we're talking about right yes 
even when yeah. even manually even self-inflicted that's what i mean it's like it's impossible it, i mean it's not impossible but it's just it's like you know what I think would take the pressure off Josh is if you just had uh do you have like a little speaker a little by your speaker bed? a uh, speaker. bluetooth yeah. like yeah. a bluetooth speaker just play the jeopardy theme song while you're having <laughs> sex <laughs> I think that'll just alleviate all issues Have you ever tried a 1900 number Josh This is back oh full circle Josh call a 1900 number there you go. I didn't call exist? my one nine hundred number because I'm going to start one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, Josh. yeah. I don't think those exist anymore. I mean, maybe. Josh, this is your homework for the next episode next week. Is call a one nine hundred number and let us know if you get there. All right. I. I uh, well, if I. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. But here's the thing. I mean, I think in this day and age of the internet. These 900 numbers have to be at such discounted rates. I mean, they basically, they're basically paying you to call them. I know. It's true. Right? It's that, like there's, there's three 1-900 operators still in business. I, what if we did a Daddy Issues promotion where you, we, we create a 1-900 number and you and I are the operators on the other end? I think nothing bad could come of that. <laughs> I fully support this idea. I like this idea a lot. Yeah, of course you do. You've got nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah, that's that'd be great. Uh, Josh is on the uh, interweb right now, looking up nine hundred numbers. Look at him. Look oh his yeah, little finger, his little I, fingers. His little fingers working. I don't. I don't know. I still don't have a good answer, though. Uh, uh, they can't. Exist. You're going to need to like make sure you tell that. Vanessa why you're looking up 900 numbers on your computer. Well, I think their website. They got to be like if you watch well, late night TV, local TV, they still have those ads, but they're not. Well, that promoting was like a hundred years number. ago. No, yeah, but they're not promoting a 900 number. They're promoting. Like, like a website, a webcam, yeah. or a dating yeah, see, app. That, or, that's replaced it. It's like you pay instead of three ninety nine a minute for talking to some sort of weirdo on the other end of the line with six guys on the phone as well. Now you can do cam. It's like a cam situation where it's like you pay whatever a minute and you're actually watching a girl. But there's no camera on you. Like you don't have to do a no. makeover or anything. I don't no, know. No, it's I've just never, the girls never, have a camera. They're called never cam done girls. It. Oh. What should, what should I wear? <laughs> like a like a tuxedo? Something like yeah. James Bond? <laughs> no, you're not on the you're not on camera. That would be horrible. That would be horrible. Yeah, um, I, don't think, I, I don't think those numbers exist anymore. I'm looking Damn at it. I don't see. Yeah. Well guys, we could start Maybe one. I'll we can make our own. We can bring no, it back. I don't think that's. I don't think that's going to really do much for anybody. Do you think if I started like a cam, I was like a cam guy or doing a cam service that I could make good money? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think your target audience, unless you just sat there all day. Oh, and by the way, uh, my friend Lee, who we interviewed on this podcast one time and lives uh, in the Middle East. Sent you an email. Oh, he did? Yeah, which you don't even aren't aware of to this stupid email thing that you got. I was. I've been, I read some last night. And all you sent back were like emojis. Yeah, because I've, uh, there's 600,000 of them. I can't like, well, that just means, that just, that just means, you, you know, 
that that's like a bullshit, uh, you know, laugh face, laugh face, laugh face, heart. No, heart, heart. It's just heart, 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 heart. Yeah, that means I I acted like I read it. I have no idea what what this is. I did actually. It was actually what we could do with Juggernaut with Josh or whatever you call it. Oh yes, that was Lee from Dubai. I remember that one. Yeah, Juggernaut Josh. Um, all right. All right. Bye. Bye. Kaka! Kaka! Listen to Daddy Issues on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Daddy Issues is a production of Cavalry Audio and iHeartMedia, produced by Margot Carmichael. Sound engineering and editing by Josh Windish. Executive produced by Joe Bach, Oliver Hudson, Dana Brunetti, and Keegan Rosenberger. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.